When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Luna Love of the Podcast acknowledges the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Araqual people of the Bundjalung Nation, and pays respects to Elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to Luna Love of the Podcast. I'm your host, Jordana Levine, and in today's episode, we're not talking about a new moon or a full moon or an astrological season. Nope, I am going to make conversations easier for you with people who poo-poo on astrology. <laughs> I have to defend myself all the goddamn time, and so I'm going to give you guys a little bit of an insight into that as well. In the process, I'm going to bust a few astrology myths, I guess you could say, or perhaps like common things people say about astrology that you might be saying too, um, that are simply not true. And I will tell you why. Um, And then we will be back to normal programming as of next week, I promise. So the first thing I say to people who start sort of questioning me about astrology which if I'm being honest is usually men on a first date although to be honest I don't tell them that I'm an astrologer on the first date but anyway by the time I eventually do I find myself having to defend the craft of astrology so I always start by saying astrology has helped me become more self-aware because it absolutely has it's the reason that I became an astrologer for my own self-awareness but then to also help other people access their self-awareness. Astrology has given me incredible insight into understanding different aspects of my personality, my natural instincts and behaviors, as well as highlighting where my strengths are and where some of my challenges might reside. Evolutionary astrology, which is what I practice, looks at the psychology of a person and how they interact not only with themselves, but also other people and the world at large. And what is wrong with that, right? Not many people can pick that apart. We have had no mention of anything woo-woo, anything overtly spiritual, not that that matters in any way. We just want to be ourselves when we need to defend astrology. But I think that a lot of people judge it based on something that it's not. And what it is, is a really, really good tool for becoming more self-aware. I also say to people, my job is not to convince you of astrology's validity. And then I usually offer, if I like the person, to read their natal chart for them and see if they resonate with what I say. And if they don't, we just let it go. 
Let it go. <laughs> so feel free to use any of the things I said. Um, but at the end of the day, like you don't have to defend what you like and what you believe in. Right. Right. Okay. Um, all right. So some of the myths is a weird word. I'm not sure if myths is the way to describe this episode, but some of the common things I hear around astrology that aren't always true are when it comes to certain signs being compatible with each other. So whether that's romantic relationships or, um, you know, like platonic friendships. The first one is about the opposing signs. And I bring this one up because I was guilty of it, right? I used to think that the opposite sign to your, let's say, sun sign, to keep it simple, you didn't get along with. Like, you guys just disagree on everything, right? You're opposing. But that's not what the opposing signs are. The opposing signs look at the same thing differently, Um, or experience the same thing differently. There's a bridge of commonality between them. So the issue, the theme is the same. And then the way that each sign either deals with it or shows up for it or processes it is a little bit different, right? But the issue, the theme is the same. So I think that when we look at the opposing sign, there's lessons in it for us rather than it being, oh, we simply don't get along with them. The example I'll give you is between Gemini and Sagittarius because Gemini is my sun sign. I used to think that Sagittarius um, signs and I were just incompatible, right? Not true. They challenge me in certain ways because we can be looking at the same problem and we both have different ways of dealing with it but the bridge of commonality for us is understanding yeah Gemini tries to understand through facts and data so reading listening to podcasts researching 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 getting curious Sagittarius is the experiential learner Sagittarius goes traveling Sagittarius studies but throws themselves into it in an action-based way right so the theme the issue is understanding that's the bridge of commonality the way in which they understand is a little bit different but there's things you can learn from your opposing sign if you look at your ascendant sign there's actually an opposing sign to that and it's called your descendant line So if you look at what your ascendant is, you want to find the opposing sign. The opposing signs are Aries Libra, Taurus Scorpio, Gemini Sagittarius, Cancer Capricorn, Leo Aquarius, Virgo Pisces. So again, let's actually, let's use a different example. So let's say you were a Virgo rising. Your descendant sign is Pisces. That tells us two things. The descendant tells us what you value in relationships, right? What you look for in another person. But it's also a really good way of balancing out your ascendant sign, right? Virgos are perfectionists. They're quite structured. They like things in order. Pisces likes to go with the flow, use their imagination, not overanalyze in the way that Virgo does. So there's something for Virgo to learn from Pisces, right? They also say that looking for a partner with placements in your descendant sign 
can be really advantageous to the relationship, but it is a case of opposites attracting, right? Finding commonality within the parts of you that do things differently. All right, so another part of compatibility that comes up a lot is that certain zodiac signs don't get on with other signs. And I guess like anecdotally, we could probably say, oh yeah, there's truth in that. But if we go into the heart of it, we probably find that's not the case. It's actually bullshit, I think. Um, I think if you look at the elements, you can see where you would perhaps have more in common or do things similarly to people who have placements in um, similar elements. Or another way of looking at it is looking at the um, yin and yang signs. So the yin signs are water and earth and the yang signs are fire and air. So fire and air usually get along and earth and water usually get along. But I've got a ton of fire friends. I've got a ton. Actually, most of my friends are water friends. Um, So that, again, is simply not the case. The other thing that comes up a lot is, oh, we must really get along with people of the same sign as us. Um, Yeah, probably, probably do. Um, I find in my life, I know a few Gemini suns, but I don't know a lot. Maybe that's about not wanting to share my birthday month with other people. No, (laughs) it's not true. I've got friends who are days after me. But um, what I do find is that a lot of my friends tend to be Gemini rising, right? There was a stage where all of my friends were Gemini rising, which I think is really interesting because there is synergy there, right? So you will probably find there's clusters of signs within your friendship groups or your family or your partner. Um, Like maybe you hang out with mostly Aquarius people and you might not be Aquarius yourself, but there's something in that, right? You might see parts of yourself within them. Maybe they see you and that's what feels really good to you. You know, you feel really seen. They understand you. Yeah. The other thing I think is interesting is like looking, if you have a cluster of a sign within your friendship group or your family or even at work, I used to work um, at a job where everyone was Pisces, which was wild because it wasn't a particularly creative job. Um, but yeah, so I think certain things attract certain signs, right? Um, but having a look at that, and then if you don't have placements within that sign, just having a look where the sign falls in your chart and seeing if there's an area of your life, depending on the house that the sign is in, that is highlighted by interacting with certain people. You might find, I've never seen this to be the case, and this is just off the top of my head, but for example... If you have Pisces in the 10th house, perhaps you work with a bunch of Pisces. Now, I don't have Pisces in the 10th house. (laughs) So that was not the case for me, but it could be the case for you. Um, Just sort of having a look. There's always indicators in the chart, right? But, you know, it will often, if if you find that there's lots of signs in your life, I would say you have a planetary placement in that sign as well. A question I get asked a lot I don't know if this is myth busting, but I do get asked this a lot. So I thought we could address it in this episode is whether I can see certain things within a natal chart or a transit reading. So, uh, I get asked a lot about whether I can see childhood trauma in a natal chart. Um, 
Yes and no. So yes, I can. Um, There are certain placements within the fourth house or on the IC line or Nadir um, that can tell me whether there has been an absent parent or a restrictive parent or some trauma within um, the home. However, in saying that, people can have the placements and the aspects that would indicate that and that not be the case. So is it definitive? No, no. Does it prove to be true the majority of the time? Yeah, it does. It does. But is it a blanket a blanket statement I can make? Absolutely not. And this is why I have a bit of an issue with, um, not an issue, that's the wrong thing to say. Each to their own, you do you. But certain astrologers that will do a report or a reading without actually talking to the client, without having an interaction with the client, without having context about their life, their career, their relationship status, whether they have children, where they live, what traumas they've experienced. You know, we are layered, layered beings and there are so many different ways to interpret the one placement. And I think this is what makes me, not to toot my own horn, but particularly um, skilled at doing a natal chart reading is that I take on what the person has told me and I integrate that into the reading, right? Because like I said, we are all layered beings and our natal charts are equally layered. Another thing I get asked a lot about is past lives. And yeah, there are certain indicators within the chart Um, that can tell us a little bit about a past life. There are astrologers that specialize in this. Um, It is not my specialty at all. I can tell you a little bit based on your south node um, and perhaps if you've got uh, some prominent placements in the 12th house that can tell us a little bit about past lives. Um, But I don't think it's as accurate as, say, doing like a past life regression or a hypnotherapy session with a professional (laughs) not your cousin Greg (laughs) cousin Greg what's that from our succession um but yeah there are ways to sort of see or get some data on past lives for me personally it's not the way I like to practice astrology because I really like to focus on what's happening for you in the present and what parts of your chart you can work with now Um, rather than concentrating too much on where you've come from in a life prior to this. Uh, Health problems is another question I get asked all the time. There are certain indicators within the chart, um, perhaps around like niggling health problems, um, usually shows up with Neptune in the sixth house, but it's usually things like allergies, right? There is a whole strain is that the word of astrology um known as medical astrology right i am not an expert i really don't know much about it but there are medical astrologers out there i would not use them to diagnose you with anything but they might be able to give you a little bit of an insight into how to facilitate healing of particular medical things right if you're interested in that Again, I am. I've no. I have no expertise in it whatsoever. I actually know very little about it. But do a bit of a Google. I'm sure you'll find more information. 
Um, and then the last thing I always get asked about is like doomed relationships or is this a good time to get married or is this a good time to get a divorce or should I be planning to have children on this date? Now, look, there are certain transits that are more advantageous for certain big life commitments. There are also certain transits where I would recommend not making a big life commitment. But again, none of that is set in stone. Yeah, we always have free will. I've always, you know, I've I've got anecdotal evidence of people getting married at a time that doesn't look particularly advantageous and the marriage has been long and loving and fruitful. All right. So I'm not going to go through like what transits to look out for because I think it's actually quite damaging. However, I will say... And again, I have anecdotal evidence to say that this is not always the case, but astrologers do encourage you not to make any life-changing moves or decisions at the time of your Saturn retrograde. Um, So we're talking like engagements, marriages, pregnancies, moving in with a partner, it's best not to do that during your Saturn return. Now, that is not a hard and fast rule. My sister's about to get married and she's going through her Saturn return and it's going to be a long, fruitful, beautiful marriage. I am sure of it. So it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's just the reason that they say it is as you go through your Saturn return, it's a moment of growth, of evolution. It's when we mature, right? Sometimes we come out the other side of our Saturn return a whole different person. So with that in mind, it's probably not a great time to be making life-altering decisions. But again, how many times have I said, but I don't know, I've lost track. But my caveat to that is none of these decisions are permanent. I mean, maybe a pregnancy is a bit permanent, but you know, marriages, if it's not working out, we can leave the marriage. And I think it's okay to say that. All right. So don't stress If your wedding is scheduled during your Saturn return, please don't cancel it. Everything is fine. Um, But I'm just sharing something that a lot of astrologers do say. And then the last thing I think I kind of want to say on all of this is, um, because it's something that we have to defend a lot, is uh, horoscopes. And I've spoken about it on the podcast before, but horoscopes that you read in like the newspaper or on Instagram or wherever you watch your horoscopes, They are exercises in creative writing and the astrologers that write them will tell you the same thing, right? There is no way to make a future prediction um, by grouping the entire population into 12 zodiac signs, right? If you want a little bit more accuracy, but not a lot, you're actually better off looking at your rising sign than you are your sun sign when looking at horoscopes. Um, that's going to be a little bit more accurate. But again, we are layered beings. We are more than our sun sign. We are more than our rising sign. We are our natal chart in its entirety. Plus, we are the way we choose to play it out, right? We can play it out beautifully. We can play it out terribly. We can play it out by dipping into it and dipping out of it. And all of this is going to affect the way that we show up in the world and how our future unfolds, right? So horoscopes, yeah, if you're talking to a naysayer 
or a skeptic and they're basing astrology on horoscopes that they read, then yeah, I get it. They are entitled to their opinion totally and I tend to agree with them there. Do I think we should stop reading horoscopes? No, it's fun and that's why we do it. All right, just don't take it as gospel ever. Um, All right, my loves, (laughs) that's it. Just me ranting and raving about astrology. Play this episode to your friend who's a skeptic uh, or don't, just keep it to yourself. Um, I am back from my European travels and I think I'm probably dealing with jet lag as this goes to air. Um, But I will be back next week with a Cancer New Moon episode. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you get bonus episodes every week. And if you sign up now, you get access to the back catalogue of bonus episodes. So that's a lot of Lunar Lover episodes. To become a subscriber, all you need to do is click the link in the show notes of this episode and you can do so for as little as $8 a month. The... Embodying Your Natal Chart Workshop Part 2 is uh, happening on July 18. If you would like to attend that, there is a link in the show notes of this episode for that. I've got natal chart readings available in August, which is not very far away now. So if you are keen to have your natal chart read, book yourself in for August um, and it will be here in no time at all. There is a link in the show notes to do that as well. All of the links in the show notes. (laughs) All right, my loves, until next moon, I'm Jordana Levine and you've been listening to Luna Lover, the podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.